0: thanks for joining us for the connect podcast i'm cole phillips the lead pastor of the connection church and every week we're going to look into the bible to find out how god's word connects to our everyday lives it's going to be life-changing The Connect Podcast is produced every week for your growth and inspiration. You can find all the show notes at makingtheconnection.org. You can also find the podcast on your favorite podcasting service. Follow me on Twitter at Cole Phillips and on Facebook and Instagram. You'll find all the links in the show notes. Now, let's get into the study. All right, I want to welcome you to the Connect Podcast today. As we get into God's word, we get God's word into us. We get it out of us into the world around us. I'm Cole Phillips, and I am uh, so excited uh, that we're going to get to do this together today. I hope that um, that you're having a great morning, great day, and uh, that if you can, you can grab a Bible and maybe something to write with, some notes, because we are going verse by verse and chapter by chapter. We're going through the Gospel of John. And it's been so great getting to know Jesus, getting to see him in action and and hear what he has to say and just get to know him better, uh, the way he interacted with people and who he is. So we know who he is in our lives as well. And uh, so we are in John chapter 15 Today, as we're moving closer and closer to the cross, Jesus has is talking here in John fifteen about abiding, about remaining in Him, about dwelling in Him, and just walking and living in Him. He's using this imagery of the vine and the branches, and uh, so now he begins to talk about something very personal, and we're going to be looking today at John fifteen just just three verses verses 9 through 11 and uh, as we begin I'm reminded of something that uh, that Craig Rochelle wrote in a Christian atheist uh, book that he that he wrote and and it, it went something along these lines like a lot of people they call me pastor Cole and if you call me pastor Cole you probably know a little bit about me you know what I do uh, maybe you've Heard me uh, speak, maybe uh, you know a little bit about my uh, my you know outward characteristics. But people who call me Pastor Cole, it doesn't necessarily mean that they know me personally. There are some people who just call me Cole. Those are a little closer friends usually, and they know me a little better just with the name Cole. But there are a few uh, human beings, a few people. On the planet and, and actually just two beautiful young ladies who uh, who call me by a, a more uh, intimate name. They have the, the right and the opportunity to call me Dad. And uh, these are my daughters. And they will say things up close and personal to me. Like they'll say, uh, Dad, you missed a spot over here. Dad, you're the best. They call me Dad. Because we have an intimate closeness with each other. And it raises the question about what we call God. What is our name for God? And the answer might clue you in to how well you know him or how well you don't. And Jesus says he has this special relationship with the Father. He calls him Abba, Father. But he also has a special relationship with us that transfers us and transforms us from a life that is empty and lonely and meaningless and and sad. Um, And this is the life he wants to bring us into, a life full of joy and love and purpose. And so he talks about that here in John 15, starting in verse 9. I'm just going to read these few verses as we get into it. He says, As the Father has loved me so have I loved you. Now, remain in my love. If you keep my commands, you will remain in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commands and remain in His love. I've told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. And so the first thing that I want us to kind of just just settle and, and understand and receive today as we get into Verse 9, he says, as the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Now, check this out. This may sound so simple, but it is so true, and that is Jesus loves us. One time, this great theologian was asked of all the the truths about God that he had learned, what, over the years, and he had written, he said, what was, they asked him, what was the most profound truth that you've ever learned, the deepest theological statement that you know, and he said, he said, Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. Jesus loves us. I mean, we should never get over that fact, that you are loved by Jesus, and he loves us with a very unique love. He loves us with the very same love that the Father loves the Son. The Father loves his son, Jesus, and he then passes that love along to us. Let's think about why does the father love Jesus, the son? Uh, This kind of love that, that God has for Jesus is a natural love. God loves his son just as a father would naturally love their own children. But this is also not just a natural love, but it's also an obedient love. It's an obedient love because God is perfect. It means that he has this perfect love, and he is bound to love his son perfectly. That is part of of what it means uh, to, to have a perfect love. This is more than just an ordinary love because Jesus truly is perfect, sinless, no flaw, no imperfection in him. So God loves him with this very special love. I mean, can you imagine if you had a a, a kid that was always completely, totally, 100% obedient, never disrespectful, never rebellious, never prideful or selfish, never caused any hurt or any pain or any doubt or confusion. I mean, I love my children so much. Uh, They're not perfect, but I love them. And when they... I see them walking in um truth and and in obedience i mean th- there's there's a special love there, not based on what they do or what they don't do. It's just a natural feeling that you have and 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 God's love for for Jesus is a perfect love, and Jesus is the perfect son, but then also his love god the father's love for jesus is a supreme love i mean it is ultimate love because jesus paid the ultimate price when he went all the way to the cross and he he showed and displayed ultimate love on the cross and yet jesus says he has that same love for us that god the father has for him in his perfection in his obedience Jesus loves us that same way. He loves us with a natural love as a, a father to, to a child. Um, and we are God's children. We are the children of God. Romans nine twenty six says, in the very place where it was said to them, you are not my people, they will be called children of the living God. Isn't that incredible that we are God's children? Children. I love 1 John 3 and verse 1 and 2 that says, See what great love the Father has lavished on us, has poured out on us, that we should be called the children of God, and that is what we are. The reason the world does not know us is that it did not know him. And in verse 2 of 1 John 3, Dear friends, now we are children of God, and what we will be has not yet been made known. But we know that when Christ appears, we will be like him, for we will see him as he is. So we're part of the family of God. In fact, um, we are this is this is a mind-blowing concept, but we are brothers and sisters of, of Jesus. We see this in Romans 8:29, for those God foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son, that he might be the firstborn among many brothers and sisters. In fact, he calls us brothers and sisters in Matthew 12:50. He says, "For whoever does the will of my father in heaven is my brother and sister and mother. So we're part of God's family, uh, and He loves us as as a as a member of His family. Ephesians two nineteen. Consequently, you're no longer foreigners and strangers, but fellow citizens with God's people, and also members of His household. He's invited us in to the family, and so He also He loves us not just with a natural love, but also with an obedient kind of love. Because we have put our faith and trust in him. And because as followers of Jesus, we're seeking after God. Um, in Hebrews eleven six, 6, it says, Without faith it's impossible to please God, because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. And so we know that there is this response from God to uh, our seeking after him. And John 15, 10 says, if you keep my commands, this is Jesus right here. We just are looking at this today. If you keep my commands, you will remain in my love just as I've kept my father's commands and remain in his love. You, and then verse 14, you are my friends if you do what I command. So it's interesting um, in in a book by Paul Tripp, uh, he says this, if you are willingly submitting to God, you do it right away and without delay. We say um we say slow obedience is no obedience, right? And so um a, when a parent asks a child to to do something, it's it's disobedience if they don't do it right away. You you don't just say I'll start obeying God tomorrow and delaying obedience is one of the ways we try to stay in control. You know, sometimes you, uh, you'll ask your kids, "Do this," and they'll go they'll go, "Oh, I'll do it. I'll get around to it," and then they just sit there and they don't move. <laughs> well, when it comes to our purity in our hearts, this is how this works. Like you're flirting with a woman at work, and it's become a bit, uh, there's like a sexual tension there, and you know you shouldn't be doing it, but then you sit down with her again, and you say, I'll stop tomorrow, I'll stop flirting tomorrow, your heart is pounding as you're surfing that porn site, and you're hoping that your wife doesn't wake up, and you know you don't have any business looking at this, but you say to yourself, um, after this time, I'm not going to do this anymore, or you're a teenager and you're in the uh, local park at night with your uh, with your girlfriend, and you start getting things start getting hot and heavy, and you know what you're doing is wrong, but you you couldn't resist one more time, and so you tell yourself, oh, "I'll break it off uh, after after this." Or you're living with someone. You're living with a woman who's not your wife, and you've committed yourself to Christ, and you know you shouldn't be sleeping with her, but you tell yourself, you know, financially, there's financial reasons, there's commitments that we've made, that's like we've got a this apartment, and I'll deal with it eventually, but I can't deal with it right now. Or you know that you've gotten yourself um hooked on some... Netflix series or Hulu series and you know you shouldn't be watching it because you're thinking these impure thoughts, but you say, well, I'll just finish up this season and I'm not going to keep watching it when the new season comes out. I mean, all of these ways that we delay our response to God where we, we convince ourselves and we rationalize where we actually need to do what God is telling us to do because we're just dressing up Our disobedience by delaying our obedience. And so we need to obediently, diligently seek and obey God. But let me tell you, I'm talking about love here. Check it out. Christ loves us with a supreme love. He loves us because we, he says, if we follow him, that means we need to deny ourselves, take up our cross, and follow after him. And um first john 3 16 this is how we know what love is jesus christ laid down his life for us and so we ought to also lay down our lives for our brothers and sisters so what jesus did we want to follow and um and that is obedience it's this super interesting uh story about how back in 1972 NASA launched what was called the Pioneer 10. It was an exploratory space probe, 1972. I was, I hate to give it away how old I was at that time, but I'll just tell you, I was two years old, okay? (laughs) But according to Leon Giraffe in Time Magazine, the satellite's primary mission was to reach jupiter take pictures of it and its moons, and beam the data back to Earth about the planet's magnetic fields, radiation belts, and the atmosphere. And scientists thought of this as a bold plan because up until then, no satellite had ever made it past Mars, and they were afraid that the asteroid belt would destroy the satellite before it could reach its target. But Pioneer 10 accomplished its mission, and even more than that, it swung past Jupiter in November 1973 and it hurled at a higher rate of speed toward the edge of the solar system because of the planet's immense gravity and at 1 billion miles from the Sun the Pioneer 10 passed by Saturn and at 2 billion miles it hurled past uh, Uranus and Neptune and at 3 billion miles it hurled past Pluto and at almost 4 billion miles by 1997, 25 years after its launch, the Pioneer 10 went more than 6 billion, a billion with a B, miles from the sun. And check this out, it's still going. Uh, 8 billion miles now from the sun. The satellite uh, was sending its signals in April 27th of 2002. And even despite that incredible distance, The Pioneer 10 continued to beam back radio signals to scientists on Earth. And the most remarkable thing about this is the fact that those signals are coming, check this out, this is going to blow your mind, from an 8-watt transmitter, which radiates about as much power as a bedroom nightlight and takes more than 9 hours to reach Earth. You could call it the little satellite that could. It wasn't qualified to do what it did. And they designed the Pioneer 10 with a lifespan of only three years. But it's kept going and going and going, you know, like the Energizer Bunny. And by simple, simply continuing, continuing on, its little 8-watt transmitter radio accomplished more than anyone thought possible. And that's what happens when we, in our weakness, offer ourselves to live for Jesus. God can take our lives with our little eight-watt abilities and and use it for something great to keep going. You just keep going through persistence, but God can't work through us if we quit, if we stop. And so... Um, so Our challenge is, as he says in verse 9, he challenges us. He says, remain in my love. That's the challenge he gives us, to remain in his love. This is abiding. He says, now remain in my love. If you keep my commands, you will remain in my love, just as I've kept my Father's commands, and remain in his love. Continuing on, abiding. It's a choice that you make to either Stay in in fellowship with Jesus or break that fellowship to keep your thoughts fixed on Jesus or to think about other things, to veer off the path and out of the love of Jesus, to get away from the love of Jesus or to run away from the love of Jesus, to uh, turn your back either um, to, to Jesus or... To turn your back on the world and to turn the back turn your back on those influences, you could give yourself back over to your uh to your lust the lust of the flesh the of life and and the pride of life the the lust of the eyes um we we have a choice to make, and Jesus said it's up to you whether you continue to walk in his love um and so You do that by drawing near. You draw near to Jesus when you love Jesus and and trying to live for him and live to bring him uh, honor and glory. And so that's what we continue to do. I mean, Jesus is always there. He doesn't doesn't leave. Abiding in, in him means not only is he making his home in us, but we have to choose to make our home in him. And uh, that's how you experience the love of Jesus, by walking in his love. Colossians 2, six says, So then just as you received Christ Jesus as Lord, continue to live your lives in him. It's like I say in marriages, you know, what you did to win her heart, you've got to do to keep her heart. The same thing. What did you do to receive Jesus? Well, you put your faith and your trust in him. Okay, so, and you felt... Uh, you felt those, those feelings of uh, connection and of, of change in your heart and your life. Will continue to do that. Put your faith and your trust in him. Obey him and follow him. And, uh, you know, Jesus, he showed us what that looks like of remaining in his love because he was perfectly obedient to God the Father and walked in that. And so we've got to do something. Um, we don't do something to be saved or to earn God's love, but because of his love, because of how much he loves us, we're going to continue to stay in his word and and to do what he wants us to do. Uh, he, says, uh, he says in John 15, uh, verse 4 and 5, which we looked at last week, "...remain in me as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself, it must remain in the vine, neither can you bear fruit." unless you remain in me. And he says, I'm the vine, you're the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit apart from me. You can do nothing. Not just that you can do some things, which it's, you cannot do anything of eternal value, of lasting value. And the fruit that we bear is the fruit of love and joy and peace and all of those good fruit that the Spirit wants to produce in our life. But I want us to look at the fact in verse 11, that Jesus says he's the source of complete and full joy. In verse 11, he says, I've told you this so that my joy may be in you and your joy may be complete. Whose joy is this? It's the joy of Jesus. He says, my joy. And his joy was found in doing God's will and in looking ahead to the joy of uh, of eternity and and of his followers all experiencing this fullness of joy the joy that he gives to you and I I mean this is this is what's crazy about it is Jesus was saying this and he knew he was about to go to the cross I mean the next day he was going to be beaten he was going to be crucified betrayed all of these things and yet he's talking about joy he had joy uh, hebrews twelve two says, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of faith, for the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of god you're telling me for joy, what was the joy? The joy was he was going to change the world, save the world, um, he was going to defeat the enemy of the devil and have victory. that brings joy it wasn't the it wasn't the, the pain that he was going through that was bringing joy, but through the pain, there was going to be great joy. He, he's also talking about the joy of that we have when Jesus rules in our hearts and our lives. Uh, when we study his word and his promises and his commandments, um, John 15, 11, he says, I I've told you this so that my joy may be in you, and your joy may be complete. What is this joy? This is the Greek word uh, kara, chara, c h a r a, chara, uh, where it's it's kind of like um, charis as well, which is grace, joy. It's a it's a gift of God. It's an inner gladness, a deep seated pleasure in our life. This assurance, this godfidence that fills up our hearts that brings light into our lives. And, and you know what? When we're when we got joy in our hearts, we're going, it's gonna lead us to live uh joyfully. Okay? And so where does joy come from? What's the source of joy? The source of joy is God Himself. God is the one who who gives joy. That's why there are so many people today who have no joy in their life because they don't know God. And um, you you can't have joy apart from God. And the root of joy is not stuff. It's not getting stuff. It's not uh, winning some award. It is the joy that comes from the Spirit of God that is based on who He is, who God is. It's His joy. And also, joy does not depend on our circumstances. It doesn't even depend on our happiness because happiness comes from what's happening. Um, And when things are good, I'm feeling happy. When things are bad, I'm not feeling happy. Well, there are a lot of times when things are not good. So how can you have joy in those moments? Well, it's because the joy that we have didn't come from the circumstances of the world, It comes from God himself, and God doesn't change. God always stays the same, and it's not about whether he's up or down. God is God, and that overrides every other circumstance in our life. Even in the most difficult times, even in the hardest of times, we can have joy. Joy comes from our faith that we place in him, And joy comes when we look forward, not just to what we're going through right now, but when we know God is working through what we're going through. God is working, and God has a plan to set it all right, and we're going to stay faithful to Him for the joy that is set before us, that we know that God has promised us so much, including an eternal home. So where does our joy come from? What's the source of our joy? Well, it comes because of uh, because of our faith and our trust in Jesus, knowing Him, having a relationship and a connection with Him. It comes because we know that we have been forgiven, that we have victory over sin, over death. We have victory over hell. That brings joy. The enemy cannot defeat us. He is a defeated enemy in our life. You know what else brings joy? Um, Repentance brings joy. The Bible says there's more joy in heaven when one sinner repents. And so a repentant heart will bring joy. Um, Also, the Word of God brings joy. All of the commandments and the promises of God's Word and the Bible. You want joy in your life? You want to stay in the Word of God. Also, uh, doing God's will brings us joy. We like we think. Well, if I have to operate in this these parameters and and these you know these limitations, you know, I, I want freedom to do whatever I want. Well, God gives us these limitations because in Him you're going to find great joy, great joy in that. Uh, when we pray, we talk to God. That brings. Joy, uh, being together in the family of God with other believers, other Christians, that brings us joy. Also, when you're living out your mission and you're shining a light and you're making a difference and you're leading people to Jesus, that brings you joy. There's nothing else like helping someone else cross that line of faith and and their life is changed, see them baptized. That brings great Joy. And just hearing the faithfulness of other believers, that can bring us joy in our life. Here's something else that brings joy uh, giving brings joy, generosity brings joy. In 2 Corinthians 8 2, it says, he, uh, Paul writes to the church in Corinth. He says, In the middle of a very severe trial, their overflowing joy and their extreme poverty welled up in rich generosity. They didn't have much material things, they had joy. And so they gave generously. So giving brings joy. You've heard it said, you know, give until it hurts. Well, God says it's more blessed to give than to receive. So we give until it feels good. But then also, um, and this is the most counterintuitive one, but this may be where you are today. So I wanted to kind of land right here. Even suffering brings joy. I mean, it's hard to, hard to, Fathom, But Psalm 126.5 says, those who plant in tears will harvest with shouts of joy. And um, yes, life is hard. And you may be going through something very difficult today, but no, you're not going through it alone. God is with you. Not only that, but he's promised you he's going to bring you through it. He's going to use it for your good and for his glory. And so you can have joy even in the middle of whatever challenge, whatever problem you're facing today. And listen, if we can show people if we can live that kind of life, not a fake kind of painted on smile, but a legit joy that wells up out of our life and we can show people that that there is a joy that comes from knowing Jesus. I mean, there's nothing you can do to keep them away from Jesus. They will run to Jesus because we're living lives of joy in a world that uh, doesn't understand what joy is. We have the joy of Jesus in our life, and I hope that you're experiencing that today. I hope that you're living that today. And you know, I, I, no matter what you're facing, just to 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 remember the goodness of God. Remember, He's brought you this far. He loves you. He has a good plan for you, and He's never gonna leave you. And so, you have a reason for joy today. Let me pray with you right now. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, God, we thank you for the truth of your word today. Thank you that you tell us that in walking in you, God, that you give us a love that is lasting, that is full and complete, and um, that you've made us part of your family, and that you have a purpose in, in all that you do. In, in, as we remain in you, the purpose is that you want to give us fullness and complete joy, that we can never find anywhere else but only in you, Jesus. And so I pray today for every person listening that you fill their lives and their hearts with your joy, your real joy that uh, is supernatural, that is unexplainable joy, and uh, that is everlasting joy. We thank you for that today, and we pray all this in the powerful name of Jesus. We pray. Amen. Thank you so much for joining me today. I hope you have a blessed day, and I look forward to seeing you really soon. Be blessed. Thank you for joining us for this week's Connect podcast. If you liked what you heard, then be sure to like, share, comment, subscribe, rate. We want to spread this good word to everybody we can who needs to hear this message. I hope you have a great week and I look forward to you joining us next week for the Connect podcast.